I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And I'm Jennifer Landa. And we're here to take a look at breaking news from a long time ago. It's our Star Wars news show, and we have some things to get to, my friends, including some uh, updated information on Star Wars Celebration guests, uh, looking at Daisy Ridley and some of her recent comments, uh, open world Star Wars video games, all that and more coming your way right here. But today's bro- podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, as always, our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. And Joseph, you made a great point last week. Like, if you're looking for ways to help the show, this is one of those ways. Get a free audiobook, <laughs> try it out, and it does really actually 
help keep the lights on, as they say. So there you go. But uh, just that's uh, uh, not the only thing going on. We are still have an ask and we had a lot of fun on YouTube on Friday. And uh, what's going on over there on YouTube? Yeah, a lot of YouTube stuff going on. We had a great Q&A, as, just, uh, as Ken just said. We are going to be debuting our new show of figure fights where two Star Wars action figures have a fight. Not physically. Don't want to wound the figures. But in our imaginations, the figures have a fight. And it's a fun, fast show. That's going to be uh, debuting on February 2nd. So we've got more things coming on YouTube. So we're trying to get more friends there. We have been building to 7,000 subscribers. And we are so close. We are like mountain climbers. And we, we can see the peak. It's almost there. But we're exhausted, clinging to the side of the mountain. The wind is blowing. Help us. Help us. We are very close to 7,000. So anything you can do to help us get us there, thank you very much. Including, you know, sign up for 100 uh, fake accounts. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't say anything you can do these days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I think I have like six uh, YouTube accounts. I got to make sure all of them are subscribed to Force Center. But uh, <laughs> this is how you build. And this is how you, you get there. We're having a lot of fun over on YouTube. Uh, yeah, can't wait for February 2nd. 10 a.m. Pacific. It's going to be a live premiere, which means if possible, uh, we'll be hanging out with you. We'll see where life goes. But you guys can check on it. Uh, the show as it drops live. So there you go. All right. Uh, we're going to catch up with Star Wars and Life Adventures. I almost got so excited. I almost skipped to the news. Uh, I got to follow <laughs> my own format here. Uh, this is where we catch up, not just with each other, but with all of you and talk about how Star Wars found us in the real world. Uh, Jen, uh, how did that go for you? It was uh, pretty chill this past week in terms of Star Wars. I did stumble upon my old micro machine, uh, Star Wars micro machine collection. Mm. For a while, I had tried to have an Etsy shop because I really wanted to sell, sell like Star Wars jewelry just because I enjoyed making it. And then I had so many. I was like, well, I might as well just sell these. <laughs> um, and I really I had those little micro heads. And I ended up building a really large collection. And then I closed my shop. And so now I have like Bib Fortuna. I have a, a, a Figure and Dan. I have tons of Jawas. I have a Jabba head, Darth Vader. I mean, it just was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, what do I do with all these? I still don't know what I'm going to do with all of them, but they're they're really cool. And the way that I had them in my uh, jewelry was like I created them almost like a locket. Because when you open up the micro head, is it's a tiny little figure, like the Darth Vader one. It's a tiny little Darth Vader inside, and a tiny Emperor Palpatine in the background. So, inside the large Vader head. Yeah, and they're they're small. I mean, you could fit it in yeah. your pocket. It, they're just so they're so cute. Um, what era was that? I'm trying to remember when those came out. I'm gonna yeah, '90s. They were in the '90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think like yeah. 97. You can still get them on eBay uh, or you can get them from me. <laughs> so <laughs> many. But who, you know, how many people want a bib Fortuna uh, yeah. <laughs> locket necklace? Not a lot. <laughs> Very specific <laughs> crowd. <laughs> I really like the big heads with the little version of yourself. It's like, what is this person thinking about? Oh, themselves. I see. I see. <laughs> right, right. Oh, yeah. So that was my. Discovery well, for the week. Yeah, I love that memory lane of old toys that you still have. And, uh, you know, that comes in. What do we do with them? Think, oh, look, I, oh, I just found a picture. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, those are great. I remember those. <laughs> those are wonderful. Good stuff. Old toys, old toys, Star Wars and eBay, dangerous combination. Uh, mm-hmm. Joseph, how did everything go for you, sir? Uh, this was a, a good, busy week. Uh, I think Star Wars found me in the probably uh, similar way that it found you, Ken. We uh, were sharing on our YouTube Q&A 
uh, that uh, Gentle Giant has kindly sent us uh, some Star Wars collectibles. They say very clearly on the package, this is not a toy. <laughs> this is an adult collectible, uh, I think. The toy thing is to clarify so children don't think the, you know, the, the statues move. Anyway, um, yeah, so we opened a couple. They got a great Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, Clone Wars style bust uh, with his classic lightsaber fighting pose. Um, but I got the restored Emperor uh, Palpatine bust. And he's got, uh, he's kind of, his head, his eyes are kind of rolling up in his head a little bit. <laughs> he must be looking up to the skies. His, his little hands are up. They're all ashy and weird. Um, and I thought that this would be a definitely a uh, only bring this one out when my wife isn't home because it's like maybe a little too creepy to just have, you know, on the bookcases, you know, uh, but yeah. I was showing it to her and I was opening it. And she's like, no, this is fine. This is great. Uh, so all weekend I've been trying putting Palpatine different places and then I forget he's there. So like uh, nine times this weekend, I'm just going through my home and like, hey, uh, who, oh, who's staring at me? I got a oh, uh, Palpatine staring at me from around different things and uh, on top of different shelves. So uh, that's been my Star Wars adventure being stared at by Palpatine. I, well, you know, then by the same token, I've been stared at by Grogu for the last three, four days. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. I want to thank the fine folks at Gentle Giant, uh, specifically Zach over there, for uh, setting us up with some uh, uh, figures. Uh, to I almost said toys. I almost said toys. It's just habit. Just habit from 83 on. But <laughs> wonderful figures that I just have been impressed with. And yes, I um, I did. Uh, we're going to do some individual reviews of the items. Look for those as YouTube shorts soon here at the Four Center Channel YouTube channel. But I, I but yeah, by Grogu, I just am blown away by the detail on it, and really truly am. And so I've just been picking up and feeling the the collar around this robe <laughs> as if it's relaxing. <laughs> and it's a petting Grogu, uh, which he probably bite my finger off if he did. Uh, so that, and then the. Um, the Leia figures, the other one I I have the milestones Leia figure, and I took some photos of it. And I'm not I'm not a I studied photography about a year. Uh, you know, I had developed film in the uh, you know in the uh, the old uh, darkroom there that era. Uh, so I, I don't have a great eye, but I, I I do love just taking photos. And man, the Leia figure when you take the photo on portrait mode on your phone, it's it it, it you might as well put it on screen it, it in a film. It's so good. <laughs> so I think I've been having you know I'm glad you mentioned that because it was fun on the live show. But I've been kind of you know down and out in life lately. I'll admit it. It's been kind of a dark couple of weeks. Uh, or don't we all go through that? And I just there's a little joy when you just have a little piece of Star Wars uh, on your shelf, and you can look look at it, and, and it transports you away. And I think that's that's why we keep coming back to that stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, even creepy old Palpatine. <laughs> it's giving me joy. He brings a smile. <laughs> He does in a weird way. He does just like uh, I'll, I'll sometimes even look at those menacing wampas and go like, oh, yeah, what a nice little wampa. So now I'm going to imagine I can open them up and there's a bunch of little Palpatines inside like that Darth Vader head Jennifer was talking about. Yes, uh, yes. I can't. I, I just did a Google search on those. I got to stay from away from eBay. <laughs> I, I, I poke around eBay and I don't do that often. It's been a few years and I was uh, you know, looking up prices and some big ticket items, even like, should I sell one or buy one? And it's always mm. your, your needle always goes to buy. <laughs> you just can't, can't do it. Can't do it. So there you go. Or just sell uh Jen's going to drive around in a, in a, in a Volkswagen van, just sell micro machines from, from the van. There you go. I'll give them away. I'll give them away. I have, I have so many <laughs> embarrassment of micro machine riches. <laughs> There you go. All right. We're going to. No. I I looked one up. I can't. Anyways. Yeah. Right. Move on. Okay. 
Move along now. Move along. Move along. Move along. All right. Let's get to Star Wars news. And we have, uh, you know, late breaking news in terms of uh, fun Star Wars celebration stuff. 2023 right around the corner. Oh, my gosh. Airline tickets purchased. Uh, looking at those Eurostar train tickets to get around. Oh, we are already there, essentially. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, guests are going to be announced. And these are the guests who will be available uh, for Photo opportunities uh, is uh, what we'll call them here. And some big ticket uh, items here in the guest realm. Hayden Christensen and Bo-Katan herself, Katie Sackhoff, will be there. And uh, also James Arnold Taylor, Mads Mikkelsen, and Dennis Lawson, uh, which I love that because there's just always been this air of, does Dennis even like Star Wars? Even after show up and Rise of Skywalker, does Dennis even like Star Wars? But he's going to be there. And uh, that's uh, fun. Uh, and uh in our Discord, which you can get through our Patreon page, a lot of people, uh, Force Center friends, uh, this is their first time going to a Star Wars celebration or maybe even a convention of any sort on this kind of level. And there's been a couple questions and uh, interest in these photos popping up. And these were run by the company's official picks that runs this uh, inside the convention. So it's a little separate from, say, Reed Pop or any of the people who run these conventions. And there are a lot of questions. And Joseph, I, I hate to throw this uh, at you here, but you you had a wonderful photo at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim with Ian McDiarmid. And there was, uh, it was a great experience. Uh, you know, you, you saved up your allowance. It was something you wanted to do. Uh, how did that go for you? And you have any quick hit advice for those asking? Yeah, so I think there's the photos and then there is uh, the autographs. And I have not done the autographs, so I don't know exactly how that's run. But if it's similar to the uh, photos, uh, it is run uh, like a incredibly well-oiled military machine. Uh, this this group official picks, it, it, this is what they do, and, and they really have their system down. So unless they've changed anything, the experience for me was when you sign up for it, you sign up for uh, a, a person in a block of time to report to the the picture area. And then almost like you're boarding a plane, they'll have you be like, line up here. If you're, if you're group X for Ian McDermott, line up here and get in line. And then you get in line. Um, and now I think what differs from the actors, uh, well, I'll start with what's the same. The company official picks is trying to get people through the photos as fast as humanly possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. So just be emotionally ready for that. And then I think what differs with the actors, um, Ian McDermott was was very charming, very friendly, made sure to say hello and thank you and make eye contact with everyone. Uh, but there was no discussion about uh, what's your name, uh, what kind of pose would you like to do? Um, I think there were uh, valid uh, COVID and respiratory concerns. So there was a little bit of that, that not a little bit, there was a plastic screen. Period. <laughs> Not a little bit of one, a plastic screen up. Uh, so it really was, hey, go ahead, take a, a spot, uh, count to three. That's your photo. Uh, Ian McDermott nods at you. It was uh, the actual Palpatine looking at me in the eyes instead of the bust. And it was beautiful. <laughs> it's so charming, so kind, but it really was a very quick interaction. That was my experience. Now, I know actors are different. Um, I think a lot of them, even back then, uh, did not have the plastic screen. I think uh, Ewan McGregor is somebody who seems to say, hey, what's your name? What pose would you like? Uh, Mm -hmm. Obviously, people see on social media the poses. So I I think that's the main thing to be aware of is it it just depends on the actor, whether it's going to be a, oh, do you want me to pretend to be cutting your hand off? Or if it's just Mm -hmm. like... Ian McDermott was just like, line up for your graduation photo, you know, and, and again, yeah. nothing against him. That was clearly his, his choice, you know? Mm-hmm. 
So I think that does that is that the kind of information that you think is is people were looking for, Ken? I absolutely think it is. I think it's it's a it's a if it's something you really want, if it's a photo you really want, uh, they can be pricey depending on what the experience is. This I think it's you're right to point out it's different than the autographs where there's a little maybe a little bit more time to chit chat. But I, yeah, I don't think anyone. This is not the day you become friends with Dennis Lawson, right? <laughs> the day you can end up in the pub. Uh, and I think there's a reality there. And just know uh, you were uh, very well uh, uh, practiced, Joseph, on what you wanted out of that photo in terms of the actual pose. I think that's mm-hmm. valuable insight too. Of you have a second to get it right. Most likely, most likely. Yeah, no, I've, I've taken a lot of, uh, photos of at at like, um, you know, openings of, of films where they have like a stormtrooper op or opportunity photo opportunity. Or when I've been posing with Vader, Kylo Ren at Disney, where I like to wear a rebellion or Jedi shirt and open it and then kind of look at, uh, the other person out of the corner of my eye, like, am I getting away with something? So I thought, Oh, that'd be fun to do, uh, with, Ian McDermott and I literally did practice in the mirror that morning (laughs) how quickly can I hit this pose because I think it's going to be one and done and and it indeed was Hmm. yeah Yeah. so I think that's that's a great thing to be aware of as well yeah no I think it's I think it's a wonderful thing you did and I think for you to say it and for people to hear it uh this is your moment make it count and be ready and and it's a it's a very efficient machine there so um, I think that answers the questions. A uh, little service provided from your friends at Force Center here uh, for those who consider uh, consider these opportunities because they're yeah. a, a big drawing point to the celebration. They are, they are, and 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 I don't want to sound overly negative. I think it was very, very clear that this is the purpose of the company is to to get as many fans through there as possible. But the actual brief interaction with Ian McDermott was uh, warm and kind and amazing, and I'm extremely happy I did it. Yeah, you have a wonderful photo that uh, came out of that. So there you go. All right. Thank you for that, sir. And uh, we are going to dive into some Star Wars news. And we're going to kind of look back at some stuff that happened over this last week. One particular um, soundbite from Daisy Ridley. This is Daisy Ridley on Ray from Nowhere. Uh, There's two uh, things we're kind of addressing. There's a variety interview kind of roundup of the big interview with Rolling Stone since uh, none of us have a subscription to Rolling Stone anymore like I did in the 90s. Uh, don't have a digital one now. I, I wasn't able to read the full interview, the full context. I, I get it. You got to make some money, but I couldn't get the whole thing. Uh, but Variety kind of did a summary of that, but also had their own kind of clip and interview. And, and Jen, there was some stuff there you may want to talk about. But uh, there has uh, been a lot of Daisy Ridley news blips, uh, but here's the biggest one, at least to me. While speaking with Marlo Stern of Rolling Stone magazine, Day- Daisy Ridley was asked, well, this. Here's the entire question. How do you feel about the rise of Skywalker and the way the films ended? Because that film retconned almost all of what transpired in The Last Jedi as far as Rey's parentage and a bunch of other things. The message of The Last Jedi appeared to be that anyone could be extraordinary, but then that message was erased in the final film. So let's start with that question. Jen, some thoughts on this question and uh, anything else you want to touch on? No, I have thoughts. I'm just going to keep it positive. You know, okay, no, I'm not. I don't, why do they keep dredging this up? Like, it just feels unnecessary. I feel like, you know, let's move on. We've we've had uh, these kinds of questions and it just feels a little clickbaity and puts her in a weird position, puts her castmates in a weird position when they're sitting next to her. Like (laughs) you're going to ask her about Star Wars and she's there to promote another movie. So uh, yeah, 
I don't like these types of questions. A, because they're not really asked in a fun, lighthearted way. You absolutely you can be silly. Come on, give me the real scoop. Like that, that can be kind of fun. You can get a fun, natural reaction, but this definitely feels much more pointed and like trying to stir up some drama so that mm-hmm. they can get headlines. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think, how do you feel about the uh, Rise of Skywalker and the, fame, the way the films ended is a fine question. Right. Uh, to, to keep it going, and I, I used to deal with this sometimes in, in another show where there's sometimes some questions of, uh, you know, uh, Kathleen Kennedy's doing a bad job. Do you agree? Where right, it's just exactly. like, what? That's what? Huh? What? You said that? I did not say that. You said that. Yeah. Like, huh? So, yeah, that's where I kind of feel this is going. And, and yeah, we, we always, we always, uh, we really believe this. Your opinions are opinions. And, and we know not everyone loves Rise of Skywalker around here. Uh, uh, I absolutely adore the film. You know, I, I understand that. I understand that. I, I think I have the, this, this opinion treated as fact thing. It's not just in Star Wars. It's in a lot of sp- spots, and it's it's a it's become even more of a pet peeve of mine. I remember the first time this kind of popped up. Joseph and I, you and I, were talking off air, and it was something that you had brought up, and I was like, you, "Yeah, you're right. There, there's that. That is that's what I'm feeling. You're you're explaining what I'm feeling." Uh, so your thoughts, Joseph, on just this question and uh, what went on around it? Well, the first thing I want to do is recommend Four Center episode 332 uh, entitled Connections Between the Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, Ken and I did a did an episode on this. Uh, our, our past episode is going to be hard to find. Maybe we'll do a link to it. Four Center episode 332. Um, I, I understand people having this reaction to the, the connections between... Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, I understand that people really responded to ideas in The Last Jedi and have the feeling that those ideas were rejected in The Rise of Skywalker. I strongly uh, disagree with that, and I feel like I can provide evidence from the text of the films <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that, that says they don't disagree and there isn't that love, the level of retconning that people feel. But at the same time, at the end of the day, I want to respect people's opinions. So, uh, you know, so the, this interviewer having that opinion about those films, uh, so be it. Uh, I, I agree with you as an interviewer. I've never been this level of interviewer or this kind of interviewer. But, you know, I did uh, my podcast Obsessed for years and years uh, where I interviewed people. And I think a thing that I learned is to be very careful about uh, spoon feeding someone my opinion and then leaving them no option but to agree with it or disagree with it. Um mm-hmm. And I, I, I got to a point where I, I had to sometimes say like, hey, I really want to ask you this question, but I realize it is coming with my bias. Can I ask you this question and, and, and see where you go with it? And people mm. were like, sure. Because I had learned the hard way when I'd be like, because that whole podcast was about, um, you know, other people's obsessions. So I'd research them or that, but I wouldn't know them the same way that other people would. So it'd be even something as simple as dogs. And I'd be like, hey, everybody knows this about dogs. And then mm-hmm. somebody would be like, no, actually, I don't think that about dogs. And I don't think everybody thinks that about dogs. I'd be like, oh, right. I should uh, yeah. be more more respectful uh, in, in the way that I frame it. So I really agree with like, yeah, for me, for my tastes, I don't like questions framed this way where it is something subjective, like the meanings of films framed as fact. And then just saying, how did you feel about this fact that I have decided is a fact, which is actually subjective? Yeah, well, well said. And, and uh, right, you and I aren't uh, doing interviews for Rolling Stone, Jen. You're not, but uh, mm-hmm. Jen has uh, wonderful journalistic instincts. 
Uh, Joseph, uh, your obsessed interviews are, are, are wonderful, and I'm not just propping ourselves up. My first professional interview was in 1996 with the late David Crosby. Uh, yeah. I've been doing this for a while too, and and I, I have I, I do take great issue with it. I, I I you know probably drunkenly say this to this reporter at a bar, maybe at Celebration London. I don't know. Just like this is when you're trying to get something out of someone. This is what it is. And I, you know, I've done that too. It's like if you're trying to get to somewhere, I want you to comment on this. My question might lead you to that. And sometimes that's malicious. And sometimes it might just be in the spirit of conversation, which this probably, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt and say it was. It's like, hey, we're talking about this. But that's, I, how do you feel about the rise of Skywalker the, the way the film's ended? Then comes the answer. Okay, but what about this? That might be a, it might be a follow-up. I think this, and I think it's okay to say, I think we, you've pointed out just before, we're, we're taught growing up. I remember my English teacher saying, never, never say, I think just write. It's a, it's a, it's a fact. Just write it as a fact. It's a stronger voice. And that uh, has permeated it. Uh, it permeated a lot of the way we, we communicate, talk, ask questions, conduct interviews, and just function in life. And I think this is this is why I think I'm getting a little riled up about this question. It's just not fair, Jen. It's just, just, just not fair, as you said earlier. No, and it reminds me, you know, they, they do this thing on the red carpet where you, you if, if you're the host, then you might have a producer who's going to have some questions. Or you, if you're like a part of a department, like when I worked at E!, you know, if they knew that a producer was going out to the red carpet, you have a bunch of other producers in the department saying, hey, can you ask about this? Because we're going to be doing a piece on fashion. So can you ask them a fashion question? So sometimes you're going to get questions that you're going to have to ask. But this, to me, feels totally different. And it it just, it, this is like not about her fashion choice or she's not a real housewife commenting on what Nene Leakes did. Like this is about her job. This is about a writer, a director, Disney, Star Wars, and it just puts her in a really bad situation that could really, I mean, it's the pressure put on her uh, professionally. I think this is, this is, and then also upsetting like an entire fan base, right? It just feels like, I don't know, not setting her up for a good situation. And not to say that every reporter has to do that, but I just feel like it's just, it's really negative. It could just know. yeah, well, just because I number one, I, I think this is that's wrong. I think it's wrong that it last year it appeared to be that yeah. anyone be experimenting. That's not necessarily what was there, right? A hundred percent, all the way down, all the levels, and and to you're forcing me to say, well, let me that that is wrong, and that 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 starts the the answer off. Just I don't know, in a bad spot there. Um, yeah, I know, yeah, just, I think I think for me. Yeah, like, I, you know, I always wish I could read the full context. I don't have a Rolling Stone <laughs> subscription either. I wish I could hear it in audio because that changes the tone of it, too. Um, but, yeah, I think for for my opinion, I would prefer questions like this to have a, you know, because my interpretation of the film is that it did this. How did you feel about my interpretation? Even yes. even that, to me, is a little bit friendlier than allows the person to to, you know, politely disagree. And I don't need to go deep on the actual... Uh, analysis of the film since we've done it other mm -hmm. places but but I do just want to mention it quickly because it is one of the things that um, that I, I understand why people can tend to look at the Skywalker saga as dynastic as about one family having power um, one family continuing <laughs> messing up the galaxy and saving it and back and forth um, it's called the Skywalker saga but I think the the idea that anyone can be extraordinary is is in The Last Jedi, but I also just think it's been the message of Star Wars since Han helped Luke destroy the Death Star, right? Um, mm -hmm. Since the Ewoks defeated the Empire, since Jar Jar helped save Naboo, since Bodhi Rook 
passed on the message, right? If you look at the films, it's never just the quote unquote powerful people. It's never just the Jedi and the senators and the rulers who, who have power. It's everybody. That's always been a message of star Wars. And and I understand how people can zero in on the difference between uh Ray from nowhere versus Ray from this horrible place of Palpatine. But it is always frustrating that the other messages in rise of Skywalker are kind of ignored in that context, that the message that everyone can be extraordinary is, is perhaps most strongly and emphatically underlined anywhere in the saga (laughs) with the arrival of the galaxy's feet. There's, there's more of us. It's not a Navy. It's just people that, that idea is so strongly beautifully in rise of Skywalker that I just, uh, I wish that people who felt strongly about that message could, could see it and feel it in rise of Skywalker because I think it's there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, well said. And and we'll move on to, well, I'm glad I wasn't answering the question. I'm glad someone uh, with the grace (laughs) of Daisy Ridley was because her answer was nearly presidential in that classic political way that I think uh, did try to acknowledge all the pains. We, uh, we get to that too. There are a lot of different opinions and there were a lot of desires for what, uh, People wanted, you know, to have happened to that character's journey. Daisy said this. Well, JJ was the one who was like, she's of no one. So it wasn't just The Last Jedi where that message was. Um, that was the message, excuse me. Ridley said, uh, what was interesting about the last one for me was that you can be a hero and not come from anywhere, or you can be a hero and come from literally the worst person in the universe. You're not your parents. You're not your grandparents. You're not your bloodline. And you're not the generations before you. So I was always like, sure, but it's beyond my pay grade. She added, I say the words, do the thing. I do love the version of you can be anyone you want to be, but I also love the version of where you can rectify wrongs and can't help what you're born into. Uh, thoughts on, on that answer, uh, Jen? Beautiful. Beautiful. I mean, I, if she just came up with that on her own, like that's amazing. If I would have to prep that answer, you know, because that is, it acknowledges everyone. And that's what you want to do when you're in that position. And and she's right. I think that the, the core of the story is that you are your own person. You make your own choices. Your past does not have to dictate your hero's journey or your future. Ultimately, it comes down to you and you can choose to, to try and break that cycle or to break free of your past, right? And uh, so, oh my gosh, yeah, I think it's a beautiful, beautiful answer. Yeah, I would have just frothed at my mouth and dropped my hot coffee. <laughs> and said, what'd you What'd you just say to me? Uh, right. So glad Daisy had that seat. <laughs> uh, no, Ken, I want you to become extremely famous. There can be lots of viral videos of you uh, getting real mad at interviews. <laughs> I'm just in one of those. It's been a month. It's just this is where I'm at in life. So yeah, yeah, glad I'm not. Glad she's doing it. Um, but anyways, yeah, your your thoughts on this? What I think? Uh, I, think answer. I think it's an amazing answer. In in. Uh, to me, I could be wrong. I have to take some some leaps. Uh, but I, I feel like this is such a matter of perspective that, you know, people are watching The Last Jedi and they're they're analyzing and interpreting and and people understandably uh, find power in the you, you you're you're nowhere, you're nothing, but you still have power. Anyone can have power. That's a beautiful message. And I think it mm-hmm. is still there. So I, I, I think I understand people really attaching to that, responding to that and then being thrown by the rise of Skywalker. For me, it makes perfect emotional sense from Ray's arc. And that's what the actor has to engage with, right? Mm-hmm. We're not privy to all the conversations that she had with J.J. Abrams from the beginning, with Ryan Johnson, uh, back to J.J. Abrams, what made sense to her, what she was playing all along. 
she needs to unlock what does this character care about and why and why does it upset her and i think that to me makes sense why daisy ridley has uh has such a great way of talking about it uh, perhaps also being asked about it but i i think for me the the key part of ray's arc has always been wanting belonging and family and and the the answer that kylo picks out of her mind in the last jedi is is her worst fear that that she has no one that even her parents didn't care about her uh, and then we pick up in Rise of Skywalker where she does have family in the Resistance, in Leia, and she is afraid of losing them, hurting them, failing them. And then she finds out this thing that validates that fear. Oh, I come from a legacy of pain. Maybe I will hurt uh, the people I care about. And, and as Daisy really is saying so well, the, the triumph of the film is rejecting any kind of identity being forced on her by an external factor, Palpatine, Gylo, anyone. And she decides who she wants to be. And I think the thing that uh, that I care about a lot in the sequels is that they are about how you reckon with the past. So this beautiful arc dovetails. How, how does Rey want to reckon with the past? Does she want to just de- deny it and destroy it like Kylo? Uh, does she want to fear it can never be changed? Uh, does she want to invest all of her meaning and identity in the past? And that end is so beautifully... I want to make peace with the past and move forward. Here's the parts of the past that mean something to me. Here's the parts of them I will move into the into the future. Who is here's who I decide to be. And Daisy Ridley had to think through all of that, play all of that, know that that is what the scene is about. And I think that's why she gives such a good answer. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Well said. I don't have the number in front of me, but let's also uh, make sure you, you uh, all out there seek out uh, Joseph's wonderful episode. I believe it was a Star Wars counseling, right, Joseph? Or was mm-hmm. it just... Yeah, of, of Ray's journey through the sequel trilogy. It's also on our YouTube channel, too. The audio version is up there. And uh, you get some more detailed thoughts on this, again, from, from Joseph's opinion and Jen mm-hmm. and mine. Uh, and I think this answer does acknowledge that. And, and I will say this, even if that's what you took away from Last Jedi, that's powerful. Uh, and I think that should be respected, even from us, even from us in real life. There's people in my own life who I disagree with vehemently about Rise of Skywalker, but I will never aim to take away what they took away from Last Jedi because it applied to their real life. Uh, and and that's where it gets a little dicey. And it's not just uh, discourse. It, it's just it's it's personal connections to the film that we try to be respectful to. Uh, uh, but I just love Daisy's answer from top to bottom. Uh, I thought it was wonderful, including the fact that Hey, hey! it wasn't just in The Last Jedi. It was in Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. J.J. had put that in there. That was there. And I thought it was, uh, for me, uh, just a con- continued um, growth of that journey. Uh, and, and in a way, this is a, a general, almost dumbed down version of it for me. But it's like, uh, in the end, she get all gets all the evidence. It's like, I think I'd rather be an a- Ray from nowhere. And I think that's kind of what I'm going to do because I can do that. Uh, and then the, the Skywalker connection comes into that. Again, that's such a simple way to look at it. But I think that's there as well. But uh, I love the the answer. It's it's respectful of those who worked on the films, who uh, poured over uh, the films and, and and put their love into this art. Uh, and a great answer to that there. But I do want to go on there uh, to this part of the conversation. It's 2023, check of the calendar, and the readings of The Last Jedi <laughs> and The Rise of Skywalker are still being debated and discussed. Uh, so where are we currently at with this discourse and discussion? Not the details of it there. Jen, you mentioned it. It's like, Last year of 2017, films are all, we're still talking about Citizen Kane, right? Like, if this is right. what films should do. Uh, so, in one way, is I want to, one way I want to celebrate it, Jen, but also just, I think it, we all can feel a little beat down by it, maybe. But that's Absolutely. a leading question for me. 
<laughs> no, I am ready to move on from this discussion. And here's why. Because, okay, for years, right, we argued who shot first, haha, right, about the original trilogy. We, we debated, discussed. But there's a difference with that type of questioning, right? I mean, and even if you were like, oh, George with his, with his uh, changes and things like that, it still had a level of respect and kind of like fun to it. What's happened now is that the discussion has become much more negative and it's actually pitting directors, Star Wars creators against each other. Ryan Johnson sucks. J.J. Abrams terrible. Fight, right? Like it's just so uh, it's about tearing them down rather than really like, hey, you like that? Why do you like that thing in The Rise of Skywalker? I really like this this thing in The the Last Jedi. It's just like gotten really divisive and being a fan means that we're going to have our opinions and there's going to, there's going to be differences. That's great. But this kind of discourse, I would like to go away. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. You just hit on, you just hit on it for me there. And I guess <laughs> sometimes I swim around on my own thoughts, sometimes my own rage. That's, that's dark side energy. It is, it's, it's tiring because I don't, I don't feel it's uh, a lot of these questions. A lot of these opinions are not playing fair. Mm-hmm. And again, it goes to this opinion as fact. Uh, and, and I had, um, run into this recently in, in a green room in a comedy club, uh, of, of someone just, Oh, you like Star Wars? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Disney just doing it for money. Right. And it's, I, no, I disagree with it, man. Disagree with you. And, and this person's face just kind of fell as I was like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's not, <laughs> I know that's what you see on your Facebook page or your Twitter feed, but that's not the truth. And so a lot of this discourse, the, the reason it's continuing uh, to be exhausting, it's not exhausting. It's not just that it's dampening joy. I just feel it's not uh, intelligent. I just feel it's not uh, uh, full of depth. Uh, that nuance word everyone loves to use, which that word itself is getting watered down these days. It's becoming a, a, a memeable word. But uh, it, it's just it's just not playing fair. And what it does, Jen, pitting fans against fans, directors against directors, talent against talent. Mm-hmm. A lot of faux insiders out there who are just convinced uh, this is the, the way of it. And, and I think that's the difference versus like the Han shot first thing is the tired joke. Stormtroopers miss is a tired joke, uh, but it's just something that's always going to be there. And it's in the background. Uh, mm-hmm. So this other stuff, I do want it to change at least, Joseph, maybe the tone and tenor of the conversation. Yeah, I think uh, I think time will will change things. I, I do think that there is um, it, it sort of solidified into you know very strong opinions and and sometimes i just i want to post a photo or a joke or something and attach an image from rise of skywalker and sometimes i skip it because hey if somebody said something snarky i could handle it it's not the end of my life but like i don't want that in my day you know and i don't i don't want to you know be able to post something that's for me joyful and then have to hear you know three mm-hmm. you know three to seven jj Abrams lens flare mystery box <laughs> diet tribes you know right. um so i think for me that's a little bit where it, i i am anxious for time to to uh, wash us down the shores when it comes to uh this analysis um i i the venom will decrease i think that um there's this great thing of, of looking at the whole history of Star Wars. We mentioned sometimes on this podcast that I'm just a little bit older than both of you. So I had the experience of imagining what Return of the Jedi would be and, and having more grumbles mm. as a small child because I had time to think, what do I want to happen? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the debate that we're having now is all people who who really did a lot of analysis and thoughts between Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, uh, people who watch the film with the context of Ryan Johnson's interview the opening weekend of the last Jedi where he 
mm-hmm. confirmed that, oh, hey, Ray from no, nowhere to me is the answer. You know, mm-hmm. if you just watch the film, you could go, ooh, is Kylo telling them the truth or not? Is he manipulating her? Uh, but we had the context of that interview in a million articles about it. Um, mm-hmm. When Rise of Skywalker came out, we have the context of a million interviews Chris Terrio gave it. So we're all in this generation that's watching not just the movies, but the uh, the baggage of the speculation, uh, mm-hmm. the baggage of the interviews. And I, I am uh, uh, convinced that there's a 10-year-old uh, on a couch watching all three movies in a row <laughs> on an iPad, and they're having a different experience. And as time goes on, that's going to be the experience. That's going to be yeah. the primary way these, these films are uh, remembered. And we are, we are seconds from a wave of, were we too hard on Rise of Skywalker uh, articles uh, right around the corner? Yeah, and that that speaks back to the the just uh, the opinion is a fact on on the prequels, uh, mm-hmm. where you know there's just some people I still I still run into. Oh, those sucked. Did they? You think they did? I used to think they do. I engage with them differently, and I don't. So it's a different experience. My opinion, your opinion, but the fact that you're just like, ah, those suck. What gets me riled up is it's it's this big thing around here with Force Center. We talk about perspectives. We talk about uh, when you uh, jumped on the Star Wars train and it's going to be different for everyone. And why I get so riled up and riled up about these kind of questions is is you are you are denying the perspective and experiences of a lot of folks, which is why, again, I'm saying again, I, I don't want to say names. There's some friends of mine well, you're on air who were upset emotionally at, at the at the Rise of Skywalker decisions with Ray that I get because I get where they're looking at it from. And I have to and we're still good friends. You know what I mean? Like it is like that's the way you have those kind of conversations versus me pounding them over the head going, no, 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 no. You can't have that opinion or you can't have that the feelings. Uh, but it mm-hmm. drives me crazy because this this does roll out from Star Wars and film discussion and pop culture discussion to the world where, uh, uh, you know, you hold on to your perspectives and refuse to change. You treat it as fact and you don't allow for the existence of other folks and other experiences and other emotional connections. And, and, and that's the hard thing. We all maybe might find ways in which we're guilty of it. But uh, it's just uh, I want to strive for something a little better, a little better. And I, I do think. How I discuss Star Wars um, is how I want to look at the world. And that's just big but simple for me. Mm, makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But well, the one so- thing I will say about this, I, I want to try to do the force setting of, of, of focus on on the, 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 the positive. Um, this conversation around Ray, uh, maybe Ray specifically here, but around any other character or any other Star Wars film, but around Ray, this kind of represents to me a, a powerful passion for the character. And the, the, the idea that we do want more stories about this character and we want to find uh, how to celebrate this character. And I, I, I think that's the thing about Ray that I do love. Uh, she did connect with a lot of people. She was a lot of people's heroes. Uh, she was a role model. Uh, and so what happens to her is going to mean a lot to people. And that is at the end of the day, what I'm going to try to take away from the continued discourse around the character is, uh, she she connected with a lot of people, and I, I I think I personally find that powerful, Jen. I don't know. I'd try not to lead you here. What do you think? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you see when you see uh, the character walking around in the Disney parks in Batu, or uh, yeah, and how young kids are just so excited to see her walk up to her, potentially 
play a game with her, right? Um, she just has resonated with so many people, kids of all ages. Um, and she was, it was exciting when I saw Ray first on screen. She was a character that I, I really related to. I mean, we'll all, we always talk about when she's, you know, quietly sitting in her, in her area, you know, making the the bread. <laughs> I forget what they call it. The space bread. Um, yeah, portion bread. Yeah. That's right. The portion bread. Right. And just like that in that moment, right away, we got to know who that character was. That is a testament to Daisy Ridley's acting. And she actually, I think, I'm not sure if it was this interview, but she talked about like her social anxiety and how she actually gets very shy in uh, public places with a lot of people. Like she doesn't like going to parties because she doesn't mm. know how to interact with people. And I, I just found that really relatable. Um, and I just think that that's why she's doing such a fantastic job with this current press tour, because she is a role model. And she does have to be really careful about what she says, because you better believe if she says something wrong, they're going to take that headline and run with it and be like, Ray says this. And so she's a wonderful amb ambassador for Star Wars. I mean, mm -hmm. that's just the name of the game when you join uh, the Star Wars franchise. And I just, I love her. I love Daisy Ridley and I love the character. Well said, big part of it, big part of it indeed. And which is why you mentioned like the Batu thing. Uh, when, it, when a 10-year-old is at Batu and sees Ray and has some big, wonderful reaction and connection uh, to me, it's not maybe literal, but to me, if, if you're now an angry dude in your car going, well, none of that matters because X, Y, and Z about this character, you're taking that away from that 10-year-old. And this was done in 99. This was done. Uh, look at the Jar Jar stuff. Look at Ahmed Best nearly having his life destroyed. Uh, career was destroyed because of this. Only to find 20 years later, people going, man, you were mine and you got me. And, and it shouldn't have to be 20 years. We shouldn't put those barriers up between the, the arts and those affected by it. And and that's one of the reasons I, I, I return here week after week, other than to hang out with the uh, fine folks <laughs> and uh, Joseph, your wonderful insights. So uh, your thoughts on uh, this final part of the discussion. Yeah, no, I really uh, agree with you that uh, I, I think I I anybody can have any opinion you want. You know, if maybe if you grew up with the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy isn't for you, that's fine, right? No no harm, no foul, right? But, but when you kind of cross over into it is bad, period, uh, then I, I do think it's like, hey, go go look at some videos of <laughs> of some people uh, interacting with Ray and, and just remember how much that matters to to those people, I think is a really good uh, perspective. Um, and I think Ray matters to me as a character because she represents this, uh, this uh, fundamental thing that I think we we have a hard time with in society sometimes of uh, you an individual can be extremely competent and powerful and still have problems mm -hmm. uh i think it's it's a, a part of what daisy ridley brought to the character of uh there is this pose uh poise uh this strength right uh she is competent uh, she doesn't need finn to take her hand in the force of awakens she is naturally powerful in the force and, and, and wields it and masters it uh, quickly but she's still a vulnerable human being who who needs to figure out who am I? How do I find meaning? How do I find connection? How do I build my identity? And having a character that is both uh, aspirational because they're so confident and powerful and still wrestling with the kind of really human things that we all wrestle with, I think, for our entire lives. That's what makes Ray really powerful to me. Another four center wells said 15 today, setting a record. Here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and, and, and I want to be clear too. Uh, when, when you shut down a 10-year-old 
and say, bah, 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 what you're, and it's not for you, you're, you're, you're not finding what's there for you. This, this is a big lesson of, of one of the characters in Willow that I just experienced in a series that I enjoyed. I know it wasn't for everyone again, but there was a character who literally comes to that, 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 that point of this isn't my tale. That's not why I'm here, which is something means that tale has something for you. There's something else for you there. Mm. not around your own interests. And, and I think that's part of this discussion too. And Ray's just amazing. So stand by that character. All right. All right. There. Good job. We got through it and I contained my rage. One of the things I still have <laughs> over and over and over. I just want to give a Mace Windu look, stare at everyone sometimes. And not the way, my friends. Uh, before we get to more news, uh, we are going to take a, a quick break, but we are going to have our first center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. And as you said, it helps the show. Joseph, what do we have today? We are continuing to recommend Path of Deceit, a High Republic adventure by Justina Ireland and Tessa Grattan. We'll be getting to this one, if not soon, eventually. Eventually could become soon. Fast. All right, download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. All right, quick break. In the side, more news here in Star Wars. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to Force Center. We are taking a look at Star Wars news. We took a swing through the world of Ray and Daisy Ridley, but now we're going to take a swing through the open world of Star Wars video games, at least the kind of game a lot of us have been asking for, dreaming about for years. The open world Star Wars game has got a new key team member. Video Games Chronicle has reported that Ubisoft Massive has hired Bernd Dimir, or Dimir, uh, formerly the creative director on Battlefront 2, to join the team developing their previously reported, quote, open world Star Wars game. Now, there's a lot out there on what that game might be. Uh, search for it, find it. Uh, this has been in works for a bit and been asked for, I think, for a very long time. Uh, their statement is crisp and clean. I am honored to join Ubisoft and gain the opportunity to collaborate with talented global teams to shape the future of social experience at Ubisoft gets. They're known to be catalysts for dynamic and diverse communities enabled by innovative features and powerful brands that allow players to come together. I'm excited to partner with the group's teams around the world to bring social experience in our games to new heights. I love that quote as much as I love the Daisy Ridley one because that's a lesson in how to say everything and not say anything at all. Yeah. So that's how he released a statement that confirms uh, confirms that there. So uh, thoughts on uh, this hiring there and uh, that uh, that comment there, Joseph. Uh, I, I love the turn of phrase, shape the future of social experience because I, I read it and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I know what that means. And then I'm like, wait, do I? I'm not sure I do. Uh, I, I mainly take that as that there's some element of interactivity in this game, which, you know, is not surprising given uh, the, the state of, uh, of video games and how much people like to get together online and fight things and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And collect mushrooms, right? Is that what you do in Fortnite, Ken? Do you collect mushrooms? Yeah, you, you can. There's force shield uh, mushrooms. Yeah, absolutely. You need those, though. You're, you're often <laughs> desperate if that's what you're relying on, though. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, this, this is a great statement. Uh, I, you know, I'm not familiar with, uh, uh, Demir, uh, unless he's the person I didn't have time to deeply research this one. So I apologize. I love the, the, uh, the battlefront two video game and the people who kept working on it and, uh, communicating about it. So I'm just happy that somebody from that team is, is on this game. 
I very much agree with that. Uh, big fan of Battlefront 2, not just for story mode. I, I love the look and the feel and the presentation of of the game there. So, uh, uh, Jen, uh, you've you've dealt with a lot of statements in your day from your uh, journalistic past there. Uh, what, what do you think about this statement? Uh, <laughs> is it the type of thing where you nod, like Justin said, you nod and go, yeah, and then you walk away and you go, what? That's what? exactly it. And I just assume because it's about gaming that I'm like, I don't understand this because, or I can't find any information from this statement because I'm not a gamer anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like maybe the gaming community could uh, educate me on what this all <laughs> means. Or, <laughs> I mean, part of the problem is I don't really even know, uh, I don't really know too much about Ubisoft or this gentleman, Ber- Bernard Deemer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll let no. the experts uh, weigh in on this. I Jennifer, the- if somebody said to you, I want to help you shape the future of your social experience, how would you react? That's exactly it. I, the, to me, that statement feels very like the metaverse and we're going to have <laughs> VR headsets and blah, blah, blah. Right. That's kind of what it feels like. But I don't think that's where they're going. Yeah. I don't think. I mean, who knows? Right. But yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. To, your, your, to your question, Joseph, if someone had said that to me, I'd be like, what'd you say to me? <laughs> drop your hot chocolate is that what you said <laughs> drop my hot chocolate what'd you say to me uh no jed i i i i, I think uh i think uh, i know yeah you know you're not playing a lot of games right now but uh i i i love you uh discussing this because it's like uh you know this i, I, I want to know what game can bring you back in and i think this right. could be the game that does it this could be the game that does it this could so, be the game, yeah. Could be game. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor rightfully has the spotlight these days. We're inching closer to that release. But lurking in the background is this game. This has been floated around. Whether or not it's this game or the idea of open world Star Wars, which means a lot of things. For me, when I hear that, I think of, oh, is it like Red Dead Redemption 2? Can I go play poker for hours in a bar in a fake city? Uh, right. Or uh, is it something else? Mass Effect comes to mind. Uh, was the first one that I felt Oh my gosh, I'd love to play a Star Wars version of this. And and, and uh, Fallen Order had that kind of vibe. I felt it was a little bit on a controlled uh, Disney ride track, but that's uh, not a Disney joke, by the way, about Disney Star Wars folks. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this is exciting. So what do we look for? Uh, or what do we hope for in a game like this, Joseph? Open world, what does that mean to, to you? Will you uh, dive back into gaming, which I know is something you have to be mindful of like I do? <laughs> Yeah, no, I thought I was kind of out for for gaming, which is hard because like, you know, growing up and in my 20s and even in my early 30s, like that was one of my nouns. I'm a gamer. I know what's going on. Uh, And then I just I had to step back because I was spending too much time and it was it was eating into my my social life and career in in not a good way. So I took a big step back. And then it's like, oh, yeah, Battlefront 2. Okay, I'll I'll buy a, a PlayStation 4. Okay, I'll. I'll buy the online thing. Okay, uh, I'm losing some time. <laughs> so I love the interactive of that so much. It was it was it's so fun. Um, so there's a part of me is like, yeah, of course I want to get back and and find a way to moderate my time. If, if I could get into something like this, an open world game, I think um, what I what I like in those is just feeling like you can disappear into another world that you're you're truly immersed in it uh, i love the first red dead redemption i love a lot of zelda games where you you can go on a mission and you can go into this area and the gorons are having a hard time and they can't eat their food and then you go to the temple and now now their area is nice now you can come back and visit the gorons anytime and mm-hmm. <laughs> do some sledding with them and all that kind of thing um i, I think that 
that's what I like is if uh, in a game like this, if I want to, there are clear, there's a clear mission narrative and I can bang, 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 do the story. And then if I have like, hey, this game has Fort Ipso in it and I can go and play Sabacc anytime I want and the droid fighting ring is in the background and I just want to sit there for three hours. Those are those two different experiences that I want out of a game like this. Man, now I'm addicted to a game that isn't even real yet. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. You're talking about there. Yeah, you're 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 right there with me on that stuff, Joseph. Where it isn't just um, that I can go anywhere; it's that I feel as though I have free reign to almost do nothing in the game. When when I get that itch to. Uh, I, I talk about Red Dead Redemption a lot because the story is still, I think, my favorite movie of all time. Uh, it's just mm. uh, amazing. But I, 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 I'm not. This isn't a joke. Sometimes I just go back to walk around or ride around on my horse in the rain in that game because it relaxes me. I just feel like I'm in the world, mm. and that's sometimes the danger of the games because you can be really in the world. Uh, you know, read my Emily the Show obsession where I'm negotiating contracts with, with video game left fielders and I, I take too much time on that. Um, but I, I think in Star Wars, that's what I'd love. That's why I talk about, oh, I'd love a pod racing franchise mode because I'd love to just be in the world and not feel as though I have to keep rushing forward to engage with the next part of the story, which is fun in itself, of course. Uh, but that's what I think I haven't experienced quite yet for myself in Star Wars. And this game uh, brings that kind of hope. So, Jen, if you could just go hang out with Chirpa Bright Tree Village for a day. <laughs> I would do it. My my husband actually has been playing uh, Legend, Legend of Zelda, I think Breath of the Wild. And Ooh. he does it because we were playing Among Us. And that just was really stressful at night when you want to wind down. <laughs> so he switched to Legend of Zelda. And it's really relaxing because like you're, you guys are saying, like you are able to complete missions, but you also can just explore and kind of hang out and, and do your own thing. It feels very vast. It feels like you're immersed in this world. So I love that. Now they compared this new Star Wars game to No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. I, I've never seen No Man's Sky, but I did a little bit of research. And it says No Man's Sky has a relaxed mode uh, Mm. where it's more about exploring and less about surviving and that to me is key that's what's going to bring me back in because with jedi uh, fallen order i I was too scared and i just knew i was going to get my butt kicked and that's not enjoyable for me like (laughs) that's why i like red dead redemption because like you're saying ken you can just go on your horse you can play poker you can just it's all more about the vibe and exploring the world and that at this stage in my life i want the vibe i just want to chillax and not have to worry about getting killed in uh, the video game. Yeah. Or as Grace yelled at me uh, one day as she saw me playing Red Dead Redemption, what what are you doing? I was like, well, I'm taking a bath. <laughs> <laughs> you got to take baths in this game. Like, what are you talking about? She's like, what am I doing here? Um, final question, though. This is, uh, you know, we we have, uh, all three of us have uh, long, uh, long experiences. Uh, we're veterans at Star Wars video games going back to, I don't know, maybe the Atari or the, going to the, the, the arcade and dropping quarters in that Star Wars game. What do we look for in any Star Wars video game experience? They all can't be the super, super immersive kind. Sometimes they're, they're different vibes, different approaches, and they need to be. They, we need to have different style, styles of games. But John, what, uh, what makes you drop your quarters in the machine? Yeah. Well, when I was playing Shadows of the Empire on Nintendo 64, uh, <laughs> that, was, that was my game. Oh, man, I played so many hours. Um, now, I really do like being able to see things that are familiar in Star Wars, going to 
familiar places, playing with obviously characters. The, the first one, I mean, the one that I've been playing with my daughter is the Star Wars Lego Worlds, but it's the older one, not the newer one. We haven't done mm-hmm. that. It's kind of it's kind of challenging and kind of frustrating, but it is cool to be able to be Chewie or Rey, uh, you know, and being on Jakku and uh, having BB-8 try and complete tasks. That, that's just really fun. And it's a fun way for her to get to know Star Wars. Um, so yeah, I don't really know about the specific experience, I guess just the familiarity of these stories that we love. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that. So you mentioned like the most recent, uh, Lego, um, Skywalker soccer game. Yeah, I, I, right. it, completed it. I had fun. It, it, the Lego games don't capture my attention as much as, uh, maybe they used to on uh, this, mm-hmm. just my preference. Uh, but, uh, my favorite thing was, and I, we even joked about it on the show. was like, I think it was walking around Padme's apartment with like grief carga. And another character, I forget who I was playing with, but it was just like so bizarre, but it was so wonderful. Not canon. I was yeah. not immersed because I was like, this, this is so silly, but it was just celebrating my love for Star Wars. That's the energy I think I want of all Star Wars games where I'm sitting down playing and even whether it's Battlefront and I'm, I'm rebooting as a battle droid 10 times to keep getting eliminated in a match, but I'm just still having fun being a Star Wars fan is, is how I approach it. Uh, Joseph, your thoughts on what you're looking for in a Star Wars video game experience? Yeah, I mean, some of it is just being immersed in the world. And, like, I remember playing some of the, not even Super Nintendo, the the Nintendo NES Star Wars games. Like, I think the Mm. first Star Wars one, they've got, like, weird bubble heads, and, like, I didn't care. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This is a a way to spend time in Star Wars. And I think that has never gone away. Uh, Playing the the Heroes versus Villains mode on Battlefront 2, the when I was really into it, someday I, I I would play hours of cycles just so I could have a fight in Bespin and end up in Bespin mm-hmm. again because I just wanted to be in Bespin. So, I mean, a new game like this that could have places that haven't been in video game reality yet, like Fort Ipso or Navarro or Ferrix, uh, that's really exciting to me to be able to spend time in, in places. Um, I like mechanics, especially if it's anything to do with force, which I don't know what the rumors are about this one. Mm-hmm. I want to feel competent and cool, you know, uh, I like a challenge, but at the same time, I'm playing video games for escapism, uh, you know, just getting through life day to day, you know, opening doors and paying taxes. Those are challenges for me. So <laughs> when I play a video game, I want to feel cool and competent. So I want mechanics that make me feel like I can do things I can't do in the real world. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And the final thing for me is, is, is uh, being sent on missions that I care about. Right. And it's mm-hmm. all about the storytelling. Like, um, even in Battlefront 2, when I'm just playing, like, defend this spot missions, when I play as clones defending Kamino, I was even more into it. Because, like, yeah, that's our home. I want to defend it. So I love any mission where I really, really care about it from the narrative perspective, the character perspective. Mm-hmm. I, I love that Kamino map. It's it's one of my favorites there. Uh, well said. Yeah, no, I, you've just got me excited for, again, I have to be careful. Like, just the idea of walking into Fort Ipso. Playing some Sabak, hanging yeah. out at the bar, watching, maybe trying to stop a droid fight. Ah, come on. Oh, come on. <laughs> Too good. Amazing. Too good. Uh, we'll keep you updated on this game, of course. I, I, I've, I've had like maybe one eye kind of sort of on this story. I just, for me, video games take so long to develop. And sometimes, as we've seen in Star Wars, they, they, they veer off the path and, and don't end up getting uh, completed. So I'll just kind of wait to more emerges, but exciting news uh, nonetheless there. 
Uh, we're not done yet. We're going to uh, take a look at this week in Star Wars history, looking ahead to Star Wars past. And uh, for us, all, all the way to Sunday, February 5th, 2013, Lucasfilm, still just months into the new era, announces that the new standalone films are in development and that they will expand the mythos and depths of the Star Wars universe in previously unexplored ways. Now, we now know that this became Rogue One and Solo. Both films have their fans. Both films have their critics. And the end result was that these types of movies are no longer in development or became Disney Plus projects. So 10 years on. Wow, that's crazy. 10 years on. What do we think of the attempt by Lucasfilm to tell these type of stories, Joseph? Yeah, I I, I think it's, it's great uh, that they did. And I think it'll always be one of these sort of fascinating... Uh, half-finished experiments, right? Mm -hmm. uh, because to me, the idea always was, hey, this is a huge open story. It can be anything. It doesn't have to just be the Skywalker saga. What stories do we want to tell? And both of the stories that, that do get released end up being a little bit more tied in. They feel big. They feel essential, right? Uh, Rogue One feels utterly essential to the story of the Rebellion. It ties directly into a new hope, you know, it, it, we were announced it, it could, you can imagine a version of rogue one. That's like, it is just about the team who sells it. And at the end, they hand it to Mon Mothma. And that's the only classic character we ever see. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but you end up with a film with the, uh, with Vader and Tarkin and Leia. And so directly tied into uh, a, a new hope. And then the same thing with solo, a solo movie could have been, here's, here's an adventure he had, and it really would have been standalone. But, um, they went deep and they, they tried to really show us who this character is and what sets him on the path uh, that he's on, but but the essential truth of the character. So both these films that were kind of like, yeah, they're going to stand alone, explore these other depths. Uh, they end up feeling very essential. And I, I feel like if they had continued, uh, we might have got even more into like, here's just a one-off about a Jedi, you know, mm -hmm. or here's just a horror movie, right? So it, they'll always feel like, to me, like an experiment that started with phase one and then stopped. Yeah. Actually, I really agree with that. Um, uh, it's a really good look at it. Uh, I, I think I, I'm trying to take myself back to this time when uh, it was announced. I think I would have immediately been like, oh, great, an Obi-Wan movie. So I, I think that's probably what I even said. I was working my old job. I probably said it to the barista at Starbucks. Uh, <laughs> a movie. So we got that. But yeah, the, 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 the promise of, hey, we can go anywhere. Um, not quite fulfilled. And, and some would say maybe not quite fulfilled even on Disney Plus, maybe more in the High Republic and, and more of that to come. So a great way to look at it there. Jen, 10 years ago, what do you think about all this stuff? What do we think uh, 10 years later? I think it was the right idea. I think it ended up being terrible timing just for the for the uh, state of the industry. I mean, you think about what Solo came out. When did Solo come out? 2018. 2018, right? That that was it. That was basically right before the pandemic, right before streaming really started taking off for, for, for all, you know, all these competitors started putting their movies um, online and that would be the change of the industry. And so now I can't imagine getting a standalone film in theaters. And we, we can talk about that later, but like uh, it just, I loved the idea because for getting a closer look, learning more about a specific character, getting their backstory like we got with with Han Solo, um, Rogue One was fantastic. That's how we got freaking Andor, right? So there, there was a lot to love about it. But unfortunately, now it's just the business has changed and we'll have to see what happens in the next 10 years. 
Yeah, you're touching on um, the last big thing I want to talk about is is the timing of it. Uh, I do think it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, the solo budget and what it made and the director snafu and all that kind of stuff kind of dominated the headlines and maybe understandably gave pause uh, for Disney and, and Lucasfilm execs going forward with this this program, so to speak, uh, as it was just as just as at phase one. But also, and there, I, and again, this is one of those I'm totally just guessing here. Uh, but it's like, all right, you have the problems with Solo. You have the stuff going on around it. We like the film. It didn't necessarily work in some ways, blah, blah, blah. But in the back of your head, you're like, but we do have that streaming service. So maybe we got to pivot. And, and I understand why. Um, if you di- if streaming didn't exist, Disney Plus didn't exist, I think they would have stayed on the horse. They might have yep. given the horse a new paint job, maybe take it back in the barn, put some new shoes on it, come back out with something <laughs> different. But I, I, we would have got. Uh, Kenobi standalone. We would have got uh, the Jedi off doing something in another time period. I think that would have continued um, given, uh, you know, given a, a different set of circumstances, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. I really agree with that. I think there's so many things happening. The, the stumble at the box office it, it, with Solo happening at the exact same time that the Disney Plus machine needs feeding mm-hmm. <laughs> immediately. Mm-hmm. I think it's also really interesting that this came at a time when storytelling in general and franchises in particular were moving away from one-off adventures right Mm -hmm. um if if lucas had said you know what uh i'm making the prequels and one-off adventures late 90s early 2000s that would have still been a more standard thing of like yeah of course there's just a rando (laughs) lando movie yeah yeah. (laughs) where he just has an adventure uh but you know, I, I think we might be swinging a little bit back towards some people wanting standalone adventures, but mm-hmm. even not as long ago as is 2016, 2018, when these films are coming out, there is such a, a push and pull to it should all be connected. It should all be building to something. Mm-hmm. So I think that just storytelling taste for the public was also a, a, a weird timing thing for these films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of factors in. A lot of meetings we weren't part of, but uh, we're left with. But I'll tell you what we're left with. Two fun films that I absolutely adore for different reasons and the same reason. They're Star Wars, and I love them. So that happened February 5th, 2013. We are almost out of here. But before we leave, we're going to let you know where you can find us. We're on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Hive Social at Force Center. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We're on Instagram and YouTube, as we mentioned. Uh, subscribe over there. Figure Fight's coming for every second. we got some YouTube shorts going to be dropping soon, reviewing figures and more. Who knows what will happen over there, including some uh, essays and some uh, ruminations over there. So uh, follow us over there. Podcast available on ACAST, iHeartRadio, and a lot of other places. Just search. You'll find us. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash force center. Get a tpublic force center shirt and then wear it uh, with your photo with Dennis Lawson. All right. <laughs> uh, Patreon.com slash force centers where you can support us directly from there. You get into our discord and uh, you can follow me at Cadnapsock. Go to my website, Cadnapsock.com. You can find information on other things I do, including my new pod- podcast, The Blathering, which is why I might be in a little bit m- more drop my hot chocolate, say, what did you say to me kind of mood. It's a different kind of show over there that I've done. So check it out if you want. Jen, where, where can they find and follow you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Jennifer Landa, YouTube at Jennifer Landa, where I've been sharing some movie reviews, one movie review. I have more on the way uh, <laughs> some, and some of my Star Wars Micro Machine collections um, and also TikTok at Jennifer Landa 1138, where I'm all about that Star Wars vibe and trends, apparently. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. There yeah, you, there you go. Uh, Joseph, <laughs> you're always working a lot of wonderful things. Where can they find all those wonderful? 
Yeah, you can find me on all the social media, Instagram in particular. I'd love to have some more friends over on Instagram, but I'm also on Twitter, uh, Hive. I think I'm on Mastodon, all at Joseph Scrimshaw. Uh, also on TikTok, I'll be getting uh, some more uh, sharing of action figures and adult collectibles going over on TikTok. And you can, of course, uh, find me on YouTube as well. have a new short film coming to YouTube in the next couple weeks. There you go, my friends. All right, that is it. That's it for this week. So for Daisy Ridley Ray and all the opinions in Star Wars, we'll see you next time here on The Force. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.